Howdy. Well, I know I haven't been around as much lately, I promise. I'll be back a lot more often starting next month. You haven't gotten rid of me just yet, Howard. You haven't gotten rid of me just yet. All right. But yeah, no, I've been able to help out some uh, uh, places that have been, uh, their pastors have retired recently. So just glad to be able to help them out in the meantime. But today, I wanted to be here and be a part uh, of worship with you all, especially to talk a bit about the parable of the sower. And in doing so, I do have to uh, discuss a little bit about what I was up to yesterday. I was told by some friends of mine that I have to, to put them into the sermon today. So I'm happy to oblige, okay, is that yesterday had a chance to go to Galveston, all right? So went out there, went to the beach, had some food, played in the water and everything, and, and then went to go uh, check out the Strand, which apparently not everybody knows what the Strand is, uh, and so we kind of got a little bit lost uh, a few times with that part. But with it, though, is what stood out to me was being there at the beach in many ways kind of pointed to me a little bit to our parable for today. Now, it, it was in many ways kind of a a fun day, but I did have a little bit of a scare, okay? See, at one point, I'm, I'm looking out at the water, and I'm thinking to myself, I saw Luke and Parker going out to the water. And I'm looking, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm leaning over uh, uh, to Michelle, and I was like, wait, where's Luke? Where's Parker? What's going on? And we cannot find them. Now, Keep in mind that as a child, I watched every episode that I could of Baywatch, okay? So I did, I had done all the research I needed to do to know how to save lives in the ocean, okay? That was, that's the whole point of Baywatch, right? It's teaching, you know, ocean safety, absolutely. Some people stand in the darkness. The, that's, that's not what the point, oh, okay, I guess I completely missed it. Uh, now, fortunately, in looking out, it, it, then all of a sudden, I, I think uh, maybe it was Annie that was like, oh, yeah, they were walking down the beach, and then all of a sudden, my dreams of uh, saving uh, Luke and Parker out and it just, just, just died away, so, so sad. I started mentioning that earlier, and Sue's eyes just got huge. But with it was to realize that at that point, was, it wasn't just saying, oh, well, where are they? But genuinely, at that moment in time, starting to worry. And to realize that at that place, it wasn't that the place was physically somewhere where we could learn and grow, but that as a community, we were there looking out for each other, encouraging each other, caring about each other. And see, oftentimes, we take for granted how important it is to cultivate a culture, a place where people know that they are safe and loved and cared for, in spite of making fun of each other the entire eight hours, I think, that we were together. It was all, all in love and, and, and all, but at the same time, knowing that when you need someone, that there are people that you can turn to. And that's the thing, is that oftentimes when we look at the parable of the sower, we oftentimes get caught up in looking at the seed. We spend a lot of time thinking about whether or not that seed is going to grow and going to develop as a plant. But in reality, it's not about the seed. It's about the soil. And that's the interesting part about this, is that oftentimes whenever we are looking at each other and we're dealing with people, even the ones that are difficult to deal with a little bit from time to time, is that oftentimes we might be tempted to think whether this person is a bad seed. That person 
is a bad seed. It's very easy to pause and wonder, is that seed, does that seed have any potential to actually become something worthwhile? And it's easy to do that with people. But in reality, today, Jesus is speaking about the soil that we fall in. And it speaks a lot to our situation. See, at the beginning, he ends up saying that sometimes the seed falls on the path. And the birds grab it, take it, and run off with it. I mean, it would be sort of like if I were to take a bunch of seeds and just scatter them all over the stage up here. Now, first of all, I think the altar guild would just grab me and throw me out immediately. But, <laughs> amen, Linda. Um, but also, is would you expect any of those seeds to grow? No. There's nowhere for them to grow into. And the thing is that sometimes whenever we're hearing God's word, it just doesn't stick. It's in one ear and out the other. The thing is, it was also like the birds that we had at the beach. I, I saw like there were two birds that were like, they, they, they were eating all sorts of stuff. I was like, where in the world? And I was looking around. It was like, where's all the food that they're getting? You know, what, who is it that keeps feeding them? And then looked over and realized that we were missing an apple fritter. And part of a sandwich. Oh, they had a great time where everybody was out in the water and everything. And they were just sharing it, having a good old time. But the thing is, is that oftentimes we realize that that's also what Satan can do in our lives. Is sometimes it's so easy just to keep us from paying attention. Or we think that somehow, uh, when everything's falling, uh, falling apart around us, well, can't God just somehow fix it? But in reality is he keeps wanting those troubles to bring us back to his word. But you see, more than that is also sometimes the seed falls on the rocky soil. Now the thing is, is that oftentimes whenever seeds are in areas that don't have a lot of soil, but just got a bunch of rock, is that oftentimes the roots, they, they've grown a bit, but then it's sort of like, oh, well, I've already reached as far as I can go. Let's go ahead and sprout the plant back up. But if you don't have very strong roots, what's going to happen to your plant? And that's the thing, is it won't just be Pastor Jason's lavender that's going to be dying and suffering, but rather is that that ends up being the same thing with us. See, the thing is, is oftentimes our hearts are hearts of stone. We sometimes end up becoming the very difficulty that others find in trying to know who God is. See, a lot of times whenever it speaks of dealing with the tribulations, how many times have we had people who have been here at this congregation and they've been so excited to be a part of what's happening here and then as soon as something difficult comes up and it's three months later and they're just gone? Or some struggle has happened and they don't know whom to turn to. And the thing is, is that it's more than just making sure that we've shown up on a Sunday, but rather is asking whether we are becoming that soil for one another. The thing is, is that as much as we wish that, well, somehow those roots would just find their way, what do you have to do when there are rocks in the soil? You have to pull them out. And that's the hard part, is that oftentimes the reason why the word doesn't go anywhere is because we have the hardness inside of ourselves. And we have to face that together. But the third part is speaking about when the thorny 
vines are coming up and choking the plants. And that oftentimes we end up seeing where all the cares of the world and the things that end up rising up end up choking all of that spirit out of us. How many people have had to deal with a job insecurity over the last 10 years? How many people have been dealing with the fact that everything's ridiculously expensive nowadays? How many people are not sure what's going to be happening with their budgets in the next one, two, three years and beyond? And how easy is it for that to consume our minds and our hearts? And that's the thing with this, is that oftentimes we become so absorbed in those things that we stop paying attention to everything else. We stop paying attention to the people around us that may very well need us to be there for them. We may be so consumed with all these extra other things that really don't matter in the long run that we miss out on the things that actually do matter. And I, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it is that sometimes I'm actually stunned when uh, my friends are sending messages and saying, hey, you need to reach out to us like whenever you're having a hard time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have people that are there. The thing is, though, I think sometimes I, maybe I forget doing that for other people, too. Uh, it, being bivocational, it can sometimes be really, really busy. And I, I think sometimes I don't do what I should be doing for uh, Pastor Tyler and Cassie or for the others who work here at the church or for those at the school. I think a lot of times I take it for granted. When in reality, they need to know that there's a place where they can go. Maybe to me, maybe to you. But you know what's interesting about the soil? Is that sometimes you have to put in something that you don't like. The thing is, is that oftentimes, how do we make sure that the soil is going to become better and stronger? What do you have to add? Add fish? You're going to add fish. Okay, uh, I don't, uh, uh, you're going to eat, uh, I just, just let's just ignore that side of the, okay, sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just cut this part out of the video, sorry. Hopefully, we know that we need to add fertilizer. And that's one of the things that's hard about soil. When you have fresh fertilizer and you have to put it down on the garden, how does it smell? Ugh, yeah, it's not, it's not so great. I, I, was, uh, I took kids on a four-day uh, servant event where they didn't have showers at any point in time. That's about the level sometimes. It's high schoolers and middle schoolers are stinky. Okay, um, but anyway. But beyond that is that do you then try to hide the fertilizer or sweep it away or maybe try to kind of put it underneath and pretend like it's not there? No. You're supposed to let the fertilizer do what it's supposed to do. And that's oftentimes the hard part in our lives is that sometimes in the soil of our life, we find ourselves surrounded by a bunch of poop. That's the hard part. You can't pretend like it's not there. But somehow God is going to use that in ways we don't get yet. But the thing is, is that if we try to hide it or pretend like it's not there, we only hurt ourselves. And that's the thing about the soil, is that God keeps sowing his word. And so when it finds the fertile ground, it ends up growing and bearing fruit. But isn't it interesting that sometimes 
as much as we know that we need to continue to be open to what God has to say or to kind of to stay soft and, and tender and open in our hearts, isn't it easier sometimes to come up with our own ideas? Uh, did y'all ever read Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass and all that? Uh, it, it, the, the people who are older than me are nodding their heads. The people who are younger than me then say, are saying, what's a book? I don't know. Um, so, but with that, though, is in there, there were these flowers that start talking to Alice. And she says, how is it that flowers can talk? And they said, well, you guys keep trying to loosen the soil and, and make sure that it's easy to, you know, to dig through. But if you just packed it down really, really hard then your flowers would start talking to you too. Now, I, I kill off plants pretty easily, but I'm pretty sure that is not a, actually a good idea. But isn't that what we also do with our hearts? Isn't it oftentimes that we think that somehow we can come up with a better way? We harden ourselves or we just kind of make sure that we block off the things that are difficult. We don't want to actually deal with the poop in the world and harden ourselves against it. See, that's the thing oftentimes is that the soil is so important, but oftentimes we take that for granted. Are we, as this community, creating a place where people can grow? Not because they avoid the difficult things, not because they hide from what's hard, but because together we deal with the messiness and the fact that it's not always easy. And we have to pull the rocks out. And we have to deal with the stench. But because we know we have to go through that to get to what is worthwhile. When I first got here about four years ago, it was a crazy time in my life. And there were, I remember the, the second time that I, that I was uh, doing uh, worship and I'm, uh, we were doing confession and I caught, and I, I think Luke saw this too, is that I was like crying because it was this place of brokenness. And yet, in the midst of people who want to, you know, tease you or pick at you, but also want to sit there and eat with you and talk and see where you're at, is that over these last four years, I'm definitely a different person than I was when I first got here, for the better. Are we doing that for one another? for our leaders, for the people we sit next to? And that's a question that I want to pose as we're coming to the conclusion because I want to bring us to Isaiah 55, verses 9 and 10. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. See, the thing is, is that we are meant to bring the living water of God to one another. See, we're not just meant to just sit here next to one another and say, boy, I'm really glad to see you today. Where's the coffee? This is just a part of our life together. And if we can't sit there during the messiness, the, the divorces and the struggles with kids and the times whenever we've lost our temper and we shouldn't have, or if we can't actually look one another in the eye and say, I can't stop being sad, 
and actually find help and a word of encouragement from one another, then where else would we find it? Are you afraid of the messiness? Because I think we all get afraid of it sometimes. But the joy of God's word is that God's word came to us in our messiness. Came to us when we were hardened and we didn't want to let the water penetrate. The times whenever we knew that there was fertilizer around us and we just wanted to pretend like it wasn't. But the more that we can go through that together to be soft to what God is doing, the more we can grow and the more our roots can build and the more that we can become that source of hope and life for the rest of the world. So wherever you may be today, whatever may be hardening you today, may I tell you today that God's word is yours. Hope is yours. Forgiveness and mercy are yours And may that hope and mercy go through you to the rest of the world because they need that just as much as we do. Amen.